Welcome to Nationwide Market Insights for March 22, 2023. The Fed delivers a dovish rate increase. The FOMC concluded their scheduled meeting for March today. At the outset of this meeting, there was a lot of speculation that the Fed would pause their interest rate increases, especially with the current banking crisis both domestically and globally. However, today, Chairman Powell announced a 25 basis point increase in interest rates, the ninth consecutive increase in this tightening cycle. How are the markets reacting to this news? What impact are these rate increases having on inflation and the overall economy? And what is our outlook for a potential recession? This is Brian Kirk, and joining me to talk through these latest developments on the Fed and the possible fallout of the banking crisis, we have Nationwide's Senior Vice President and Chief Economist, Kathy Bostancic, and Deputy Chief Economist, Brian Jordan. Let's start with you, Kathy. What do you think the key takeaways were from the FOMC meeting and what Chairman Powell said today? Well, thank you, Brian. Well, I, I think the key takeaway is that the Federal Open Market Committee and Chairman Powell uh, recognize in the policy statement and in uh, Chairman Powell's press conference that the fallout for the banking crisis will lead to tighter credit conditions for households and, and businesses and a lot of that coming through tighter bank lending standards as banks both internally, their their internal management, and also probably increased supervision from Federal Reserve um, banks scrutinize their balance sheet to make sure that they are as sound and as solid as they can be, and obviously to avoid any uh, a semblance to what happened with uh, Silicon Valley Bank and and, and the other two uh, banks that failed, and and also there's you know f- frankly other regional banks and small banks that are still feeling some pressure from the crisis, and you know as banks tighten their lending standards, that really hurts um, households, but also small and and some medium sized uh, businesses, and uh, credit is really what greases the wheel of the economy, so. That's going to be applying breaks, breaks to economic activity, and um, and it also means that the knock-on effect is you, you will see a slowdown in employment and and income, and eventually actually is disinflationary. How much though is uncertain, and 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 Chairman Powell was was quite clear. I mean, maybe that was another takeaway: is that there's just a great uncertainty right now. Uh, even more than there was before. You certainly can make the case that with the bank's lending standards tightening and and, and tightening probably in a a pretty meaningful way. And and worth noting, they were already tightening their lending standards before. The share of banks that were tightening lending standards was at 40%. And that's according to the Fed's own senior loan officer opinion survey. That alone was consistent with previous recession periods, but now we're going to see further tightening um, on, on top of that. So the question is, though, is is the extent and the duration, as Chairman Powell talked about, is uncertain. And 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 because of that, you don't really know how much growth will slow and, and how does that feed through to inflation? And then ultimately, how much does some of that do the work for the Federal Reserve? Meaning when the Fed raises rates or tightens monetary policy, they're aiming to tighten 
credit availability. And that's sort of happening now for them um, based on really in, in large part mismanagement at these banks, but also due to the tightening that's already been put in place. So I guess the net net for us is that we are still looking for a moderate recession to unfold in the second half of 2023. But the most recent uh, circumstances, I think, impart downside risk that maybe it's an even harder landing than we thought. We've been forecasting a peak to trough contraction of roughly one and a half percent GDP. That's just a bit below the average decline of 2% post-World War II if you exclude the great financial crisis and a COVID-induced recession. Also, what we know is that th- this was a, a dovish 25 basis point increase because when you look at the dot plot estimates of, and, and that represents uh, where Fed officials think interest rates will go, 10 of the 18 are forecasting just one more rate hike and then they're done for this tightening cycle. So the terminal rate being about 5.1%. And going forward, and and there's some tension there, but going forward, uh, eventually rates will um, decline. Um, But for, for this year, most Fed officials thinking that they'll be done, but they'll hold it at, at the higher level. The other estimates, the macro forecasts for GDP, inflation, unemployment, and even the interest rate estimates for 2024 and 25 are a little changed. So, you know, on the whole, I think a dovish 25 basis point rate hike, Chairman Powell's comments also support that. And, and keep in mind, not so long ago, uh, on March 8th, right after Chairman Powell testified to Congress, there was expectations it could be a 50 basis point rate increase, and maybe rates were going somewhere between five and a half and six percent. So we've seen a big sea change in in the expectations um, for the Fed and and where economic growth is is likely to go. And just last thing I would say is that when Chairman Powell was asked, is there a possibility of a soft landing? Is that still possible? He said, well, we hope that there is still a pathway towards that, but, you know, certainly it is more difficult to, to attain that at this point. Thanks, Kathy. Yeah, I'm sure our audience is closely watching how the bond and equity markets will react to the Fed's decision. And there's a lot of curiosity on how the market's expectations line up with the Fed's latest interest rate dot plot estimates. And interestingly, at the same time Chairman Powell was in the middle of his post-meeting press conference today, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen was testifying to the Senate Banking Committee saying that the Treasury is not considering a broad increase in deposit insurance. Brian, let's turn to you for some perspective. How do you think the markets could react to today's news? And how did Treasury Secretary Yellen's comments affect the markets? So the markets were on track to reacting broadly very well to today's news. Um, As the statement was released, as Chairman Powell began speaking, um, equities and other risk assets were rallying. At one point, the S&P 500 was up by over 0.9% from its close of yesterday. And then Janet Yellen began speaking, as you mentioned. And so this is a case, one of those rare cases where the previous Fed chair eclipses the current Fed chair. So I think the market liked what it heard from from Jay Powell. Um, As Kathy mentioned correctly, this was a dovish hike. Um, The Fed seems to be telegraphing um, with a lot of hesitancy, admittedly, and with a, a wide confidence interval. 
seems to be telegraphing a relatively near-term end to the tightening cycle with just one more rate hike priced into the or implied by the Fed's dot plot. And the language in, in the statement really echoing the language in prior statements near the end of tightening cycles. I think the market liked that very much. But of course, then, as you mentioned, uh, Yellen began speaking and said, we're not going to, or the Treasury is not planning to expand, broadly exp expand deposit insurance, uh, and the market moved lower on that news. I think it, there's still quite a bit of volatility in front of us here because so much is unknown, as Kathy alluded to, as, as Jerome Powell himself alluded to. We don't know exactly how much these recent strains in the financial system are going to impact the real economy. And we don't know how far these strains are going to grow from here, how far how far they're going to expand from here. So there still is a great deal of uncertainty. I think that means the markets stay on edge for a while, and we're going to see big moves in both directions in the months ahead. Well, thanks, Brian. Appreciate that. Uh, given the high uncertainty surrounding the economic and inflation outlook, Kathy, what incoming data will you be watching closely to determine if the bank crisis is greatly curtailing economic activity? And how does this affect our forecast for growth and inflation? Well, thanks, Brian. Well, I think some of the high-frequency data and, and reports we watch closely are actually released by the Federal Reserve on, on Thursday, uh, late in the day. We'll look at their latest Reserve Bank data and, and try to get a sense of uh, how much changes in bank deposits and reserves that we see. So there's two separate reports that we can look at there. And, and also one of the reports will tell us how much banks are using the new, either the new lending facility that the Fed created the prior Sunday, not the, the past Sunday, but the one prior to that, and, and whether they also still going to the discount window. What we saw in the latest uh, data was, was last Thursday is that overall bank lending loans to the bank system from the Fed Reserve were in total over $300 billion. Now, that did include FDIC uh, bridge loan to SVP, but even excluding SVP money, there was a huge increase in, in, uh, in lending to the bank. So does that continue? And, and it actually offset about half of the quantitative tightening the Fed has done so far. So that's sort of interesting. It's working against the Fed to some degree. But, you know, we'll also look at bank deposits to see if there's change. And then beyond that, we'll just continue to look at the real-time economic data and also surveys will be incredibly important, uh, whether it is the ISM manufacturing uh, or, or services reports, because you'll get anecdotal um, indications and signals from, from companies from those type of surveys, confidence measures, you know, how much does this erode confidence among consumers or businesses? So all of those uh, measures, more softer readings are, are important as well. For now, we're not changing our forecast because as Brian and I said, we don't, and, and the chairman said, you don't really know the extent of how much tightening of lending standards is going to play out. So it's it's very hard to, to make adjustments to your forecast. Um, and also offsetting it is that the Fed is now going to be less hawkish than we thought. So how much does that on balance yield? Um, I guess for, from our perspective, we'll continue to see a moderate um, hard landing, but we could see the risks on the downside and maybe it even unfolds a little bit quicker. 
the other thing that was interesting and maybe uh, Brian could address this is also this continued tension between the Federal Reserve saying we're going to keep rates at this terminal level slightly above 5% for a long period of time, but the market is pricing in very aggressive and very soon uh, rate cuts. So how that kind of plays out will be quite interesting as well. Thanks, Kathy. Brian, back to you. In the past, banking crises and financial market stress has changed the course of monetary policy. So how do you think this applies to the current tightening cycle? So it has changed the course of monetary policy, but that change in course is not always immediate. And oftentimes we find ourselves in exactly this position when a crisis in the financial markets hits. We're near the end of a tightening cycle. The Fed may have a little bit more left to do, but we're winding down. So as an example, uh, if we go back to the uh, failure of Continental Illinois back in the mid-1980s, at the time, a top 10 bank, in relative terms, a bigger bank than Silicon Valley Bank at at the time of its uh, demise a few weeks ago. Continental Illinois failed. Uh, The Fed was winding down a tightening cycle at that point. The Fed decided to take a pause in the tightening cycle at the time of the failure, but then went on to raise rates two more times, 150 basis point increase and 175 basis point increase before ending the cycle in mid-1984. Very similarly, in um, in 1994-1995, at the time of the Mexican peso crisis, major strain in the financial market, major issue um, for emerging markets in particular, but financial markets in general at that time. Uh, The Fed took a pause near the end of the 94-95 tightening cycle at the time of the devaluation, but then went on and raised rates one more time, and it was a 50 basis point increase in February of 1995 before ending that cycle. And that's been true in a few other cases as well. The Fed is near the end when when these site when these uh, strains hit. No coincidence. These strains, in most if not all cases, can be traced back to tighter Fed policy. It's inevitable that eventually something will break in the financial system as the Fed raises short-term interest rates. And so we're typically well into these cycles when these strains emerge, but we're not often quite at the end. We're not always, I should say, quite at the end of these cycles when these dislocations emerge. And so it may very well be that case again here. Again, the Fed is uh, projecting one more rate hike this year. Um, Inflation continues to be quite high. The labor market continues to be very tight. So there's a good chance that the cycle isn't quite over yet, despite the strains in in the banking system. Thanks, Brian. That's going to wrap it up for today's episode. Thank you, Kathy and Brian, for walking us through the latest developments of the Fed and the possible fallout of the banking crisis. We will continue to focus on this topic as things develop, providing updates in upcoming episodes. Be sure to subscribe to receive notifications when each new episode is released. Until next time, for Nationwide Market Insights, this is Brian Kirk. The information provided by Nationwide Economics is general in nature and not intended as investment or economic advice or a recommendation to buy or sell any security or adopt any investment strategy. Additionally, it does not take into account any specific investment objectives, tax, or financial condition or particular needs of any specific person. The economic and market forecasts reflect our opinion as of the date of this report and are subject to change without notice. These forecasts show a broad range of possible outcomes. Because they are subject to high levels of uncertainty, they will not reflect actual performance. 
We obtain certain information from sources deemed reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, completeness, or fairness. Nationwide and the Nationwide Inn and Eagle are service marks of the Nationwide Mutual Insurance Company. Copyright 2023. Nationwide.